Kendrick, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash off is the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them, bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? We're back in the GOAT District for a monster special edition tonight. Part two of the GOAT District High Stakes Fantasy Football Roundtable. It's not round. I know you're looking at the screen. It's square. We get it. But we're here to pick the brains of a couple high stakes studs. I'm going to let Theo do the proper intro. I never want to miss a beat on either of these guys. Theo, roll in the red carpet proper for our two goats tonight. So I'm really pleased we could put this one together. Uh, the first high stakes round table was terrific. Um, this second high stakes round table, we have two people who have been in the district multiple times before, um, two guys that are friends of mine, uh, and two guys I really, really respect their opinions uh, on players and also the way they approach fantasy football strategy-wise. Billy Wazowski um, is pretty much a honorary goat at this point. He's been on the goats district maybe five Five plus times at this point, something like that, Billy. Billy is an NFFC Hall of Famer. Um, he won the Rotowire Online Championship last year. Um, I compete against him in several leagues. Um, I don't know why I keep doing that to myself, but I <laughs> compete against him in, in multiple leagues, um, and I've done so over the years. Uh, so I've gotten to know him. And uh, how are you doing tonight, Billy? I'm doing great. Always a pleasure to be on. Love talking some football. Um, you know, yeah, great to be here as always. Awesome, Billy. And now we're also joined tonight by Biplap Mandel, um, who's a buddy of mine. We actually split a main event team. He's one of the best FFPC players around. He's also uh, in, in the NFFC streets these days. Um, we're actually in a prime time uh, against – I'm in a prime time against both of these guys, um, which we drafted in Las Vegas, uh, that, the last one of the season. And Bip, uh, how many NFFC teams did you do this year, Bip? Yeah, not not a lot. I think a couple of main events, few roto wires, and a lot of best ball and cut line. Bip is excellent on all levels of fantasy. You'll see him do very well in the dynasty streets, in the best ball streets. He won the pros versus Joes in twenty twenty one. Bip, or was it twenty twenty? No, it was three years back. Hudson, Kern, Reeve, and me. You know, we teamed up on that one. Yeah, so both of these guys have an extensive uh, level of success. They play at some of the highest stakes going um, and across multiple formats. Um, so it's I think this is a fantastic um, set of guys tonight to kind of go over some of the things that we've seen in the first five weeks of the season and maybe be forward-thinking uh, with the things we expect to see for the rest of the season. 
Theo, let me jump in before we get into this. I know you're you're like Jones in and get to the good stuff and we're not going to waste anyone's time. We're going to get to the good stuff. I just want to remind real quick, the peeps, guys, smash the like. We bring in the big guests, smash the likes for tonight's guests and go check out Theo's show, man. He dropped a waiver wire show earlier today. You don't want to miss it. That's why I'm interrupting. I know I know waivers are, are tonight for some, but most likely tomorrow. So tonight, right after this show, tomorrow morning, make sure you check out Theo's show, The Live Wire. And we had Mario Puj uh, here yesterday for the Money Tailgate. A lot of good information on that. So check that out. Theo, get back to it, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, JD. And I think that our waiver wire show in the GOAT district is guys that I can pick up in the NFFC, the FFPC, and the FFWC. Uh, a couple of the guys won't, won't be available in those leagues, but I'd say... 80% of the guys I'm talking about are for deeper formats. So there's a lot of people this week telling you to go get Kenneth Walker and to go pick up Rashad White. That would be nice, but I don't think we're going to have those opportunities in our league. So. We, we were literally just saying how none of us have any of those guys on our waiver wires. We're like looking around. We're like, where are these guys? What are they talking about? It's like it's like two different Americas when there's fantasy football <laughs> podcasts, you know. There's this. It's uh, it's it, those. There's some there's some people that play in shallower leagues and. Those are fun, but if you're in 20-man leagues, a, a lot of a lot of the information out there is just not going to help you. Me, me, you know, telling you to go see if George Pickens is still available is not going to help you in in you know 99% of the leagues we're in. So if you want to hear about guys like Greg Dulcich um, and and Wandell Robinson, you know, come and listen to the Goat District, and we got you covered. Um, first off, not on the show sheet, but we saw a wild ending to last night's game. That was a tremendous Monday Night Football game. What do you guys think will be the fallout um, with the Devontae Adams situation? Uh, maybe kind of go around the, the table um, if anybody has any thoughts about that. Bip, go ahead. Yeah, I was talking to JD about it before we started the show. Um, we'll have to wait and watch because NFL these days, very extra sensitive. You know, I mean, back in the days, I would say he gets a hefty fine, but doesn't get suspended, but you never know uh, what what happens. I still Dan, feel fined and not get suspended. Then I, I almost called the. I'm I'm telling you, I almost called the. <laughs> started calling hospitals. You're six minutes late. You've never been late, and now we've done hundreds of these. Dan, you gotta it, let me it's, know. It's it's yeah. a long story. It involves a pontoon <laughs> okay. boat and a bad axle and. So, I love it. Uh, All right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, but I didn't mean to interrupt, man. But I, I was just texting Dan. I'm like, are you okay, buddy? Because I haven't heard from you. All right. Cool. We're good. Billy, any any thoughts on uh, the situation with Devontae? I, I pretty much agree with Bip. I, I don't think – I think there's going to be a, a slap on the wrist, a good fine from it. I don't think he's going to get suspended. It's just not a good look, though. I mean, he – you know, I know you saw probably before that he went out of the sideline. He slams his helmet. You know, and then you're pushing a camera. I mean, you got to control it. You just got to at this level. You got to control it. I'm sure you're frustrated. I mean, I guess he was frustrated because he and Renfro were like ran into each other. But I'm like, well, somebody, somebody. It was your own teammate that. It's not like, you know, somebody ran the wrong route. So uh, I don't know. I I don't think anything's gonna come of it. I'd be surprised. Dan, do you think anything differently? You think he gets a game? I think he gets a game. Yeah. I mean, just just the look of it was bad. And it was. the NFL wants gonna gonna want no part of that. They need to, you know, they need to. They're looking like they've got things under control. So yeah, they're gonna suspend him a game. I think he gets a game as well. Um, I and I think that it's just the optics were terrible. 
And it's it's really awful timing because you get the 27 points from Devontae Adams, get a big performance, then you know he's going to go on, on the bye week for you. You might be looking at a double bye week, um, kind of a nightmare scenario. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I just saw it for the first time. There's no way he doesn't get suspended. He literally, like, it's not like he bumps into him. He literally pushes the kid full extension, both arms. There's, I will say there's some different camera angles where it looks like the guy's walking into, but I agree with yeah. you, J.D. He yeah. pushed, he pushed him. Yeah, you look, you look at the different camera angles. I mean, there's no question that they were going to run into each other some way or another. Um, but and, and what didn't help is he tried to conditionally apologize on Twitter, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that makes it look even more awful. I mean, if you're sorry, right. just say sorry, you know, and, yes. and that's about yeah. it. Yeah, it's not I'm sorry, but it's just I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And he's got, you know, he's a guy that's um, – been in the league a long time and never had any problems and i think the league you know will will put that into effect it's not like a guy who's gotten into a bunch of issues and then this happens so it'll be something to to monitor but what a fantastic game you know to go from the colts and broncos to that um for our primetime game was like come on man that's uh not so bad um but let's just dive right into it with the the bye weeks coming up how do you guys approach them We've got four teams on by this week, four teams next week, and then two the following. Um, what's your general bye week, week strategy? Start with Billy on this one. I mean, mine's pretty simple. I kind of I kind of try to be a week ahead on everything. I'm looking in week five, at week six, week six and seven, and so on. Um, and, you know, the main thing you're looking at, little things are like the kickers and defense thing. Um, but – you know, you're looking at your bench and you're looking at, say, I mean, I, I had one team this week. I had one of my prime times. It had six guys that were out. Not, not, they were out. So teams like that, you got to be concerned because you get a bye, you get somebody who's healthy and a bye. Now you got seven possibly, and you really got to stay on top of those things and stay on the waiver wire. But I, I try to stay a week ahead on everything. How about you, Bip? Yeah, I think this is where your bench comes into play, right? And that's why you drafted a bench. And I think um, I'm probably going to get lucky in some leagues because I drafted a lot of Alec Pierce and George Pickens. And I think I feel comfortable now putting them in those flex spots where for next few weeks. Um, and, you know, there's not much out there on the weavers, right? So pretty much otherwise what Billy said, you know, you are planning two, three weeks ahead, making sure you have enough juice on your bench or picking up some floor guys the best you can from waivers and preparing for for that. Dan? Yeah, totally. This is this is why the last, you know, eight rounds of your draft matter. Yeah. Uh, you want to have that bench. You need to have that bench because, you know, even if you don't need it for injuries, sooner or later you're going to need it for bye weeks. And now is a time where you want to be able to you, you want to be able to throw in a George Pickens. You want to be able to throw in an Alec Pierce. Uh, you know, you want you want to have uh, you know Kenneth Walker sitting on your bench, not on the waiver wire. People, um, obviously, he's not there in, in in any league that really matters. But... <laughs> Dan, Dan missed our whole rant. Dan's ranting again. I love I, it. I know. Sorry. I, love I mean, that just. We already did it for you. Don't worry, but thank, keep thank going, you, man. It's you. all good. So, anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> that's why you want to have those guys, you know. And, and 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 to the point of you know looking two weeks ahead. Yeah, this is this is a time where you definitely want to be looking two weeks ahead, especially when you have bye weeks coming up. There are going to be four or six teams. Um, you know, like week seven, we're going to have four teams on bye. I want to know 
you know, what are my defenses and kickers that are going to be affected? And is there, you know, is there just, you know, like some dead weight on my roster and really nothing great on the waiver wire where I can just drop a player and I can pick up that extra kicker or defense and just be that week ahead? You know, it, I, I'm not going to do it if it's going to cost me somebody that I, I really care about. But if I don't, you know, if there's a player that I don't really care about and I don't, I can't find anything on the waiver wire, absolutely, I'm, I'm looking that week ahead and I'm just getting them. Do you guys carry – so the Buffalo Bills defense would be one that I think we would agree that we would not want to cut when it comes to, you know, holding two, two or one-off positions. How about a, a reliable kicker like a Daniel Carlson? Are you trying to keep him on your roster or are you willing to let him go or is it is it case-specific? Uh, maybe everybody go around. Your thoughts on carrying two kickers and defenses essentially. Uh, start with Billy again on that. Um. The defense is definitely I'm, – I'm probably in the minority here. I will carry two defenses a lot. And if I look ahead three, four weeks, and if I can play a couple matchups, it has not gone so well so far because Green Bay's defense was just atrocious on Sunday. I couldn't believe – I just thought that was the prime matchup against the Giants with all their receivers out. But they just – they were terrible. Um, but I, a lot of times I'll keep two defenses. But you're right with Buffalo. Yeah, I'm not going to throw Buffalo back into the pool. Um, you know, the Eagles are solid right now. Fairly solid. They didn't have a great week this week. But uh, as for kickers, there's only a select few I would do that with, and I probably don't have a ton of them. It'd be like Tucker, you know, Tucker Carlson, and um, maybe McPherson, maybe. But I don't even know what that would maybe throw him back in. I have a lot of great uh, McManus, which has worked out semi-okay because Denver can't get in the end zone, so that's nice. But uh, And by the way, with that, did anybody else realize they've been on primetime four times in the first six weeks? That's and you insane. get them again. You get yes. them again this week, Billy. That's what I'm saying. Who 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 thought of it? I guess they thought Russ was going to be like this. You know, he's going to be Josh Allen this year, apparently. But uh, anyhow, yeah. Going back to that, I I don't with the kickers. I'm not as concerned about them. But the defenses, I will try to play the matchups as best I can. By you, Bip, are you carrying uh, double doubling down a defense or kicker? Um, defense, except the elite ones, you know, probably like Buffalo, maybe San Francisco. Um, I like Eagles. I like uh, Jacksonville. You know, those are the four one four I'm liking. I might carry them. You know, when I when 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 it hits their bye weeks. Uh, kicker for me right now. You know, I mean, I'm probably cutting Carlson, and here is the reason why I'm cutting Carlson. Two reasons. One, I know I will spend a lot getting him back if I want to, and I'm good with that. Or, you know, there's Butker in 80% of my leagues right now on waivers, and I'm going to pick up. I know I can get Butker or Carlson again next week. You know, again, we have to see what happens with Butker, right? And, you know, I'll just give away one tip. What I'm trying to even do early this week is cut Carlson, get Butker, wait till Sunday, and then decide on that waiver if you if Butker is going to play or not, right? So various strategies, but I don't like keeping multiple kickers. Now, if I have McPherson or Tucker, you know, I'll probably find someone else to go. Dan, you doubling down? Uh, yeah, I, it, it, like Billy and, uh, and Bip said, it's kind of dependent, you know, like the defenses. I'm definitely holding on to Philly anywhere that I've got them. I think they're a really good defense. I love, you know, having a solid defense uh, connected with a great offense because it just puts so much pressure on the opposing offense. It causes them to do things they don't want to do. 
and that, that usually leads to defensive points. Um, I don't have Buffalo anywhere because I don't draft you know defenses in the twelfth round, and. Um, you know, for kickers, I'll, you know, the few places where it's gotta, I He's got to leave the job in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Because I'm, I'm not that guy, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying. So anyway, uh, you know, but kickers, you know, yeah, if it's if it's Tucker, sure. Uh, almost anybody except for Tucker. You know, the way I look at it, if, so, if I, I'm dropping my kicker early, you know, because he has an early buy, I'm going to be able to pick up somebody else a couple, three weeks down the line that's going to carry me through. I'm a lot more comfortable, uh, you know, mixing and matching at kicker because, you know, those, like defense is a good defense is a good defense. With kickers, it really is kind of more game specific. JD, I know you love having Justin Tucker on our on our made of bed team. It's nice to know you have a reliable kicker. There, well, we, Dan, Dan and I actually, I was looking through our teams. We have him on, a, on some teams that we own as well. It's just... There's two things. It's the kicker. I'm. I'm. It's rare that I'm gonna have two. My defense. I'm more likely because I'm kind of casting a net. Dan and I like. I don't know when we draft. I do the same thing on my teams. I'm trying. Like I have a lot of Tampa Bay because their bye weeks are week eleven. Like I have a lot of defenses and kickers that are that have late bye weeks that I don't even have to think about it for a while. But if I do, like we have Philly and and Tyler Bass, Dan. I think on one of our rosters. Yes. Again, the defense. I'm most likely to keep for a week just to kind of make sure and, and like Billy I don't mind holding two good defenses as we get further into the season because it's it's easier to play matchups with them versus the kickers are kind of you you rather get a good kicker and, and be able to play them every week in my opinion yeah I think it's for me it's it's just specific to to the to the kicker or defense I try not to as often as possible I, I want to have a live bench where I'm not carrying two of the one-offs um, and I think one thing that resonated with me with what you said, I thought Bip made a good point, um, especially where we're keeping an eye on the future bye weeks. You want to have a couple of these floor play guys. You know, having a floor play guy that you know you can plug in and get your 10 points can be very valuable, especially in formats where points matter. Um, it leaves you in a position where you're not going to overpay for, you know, a weak waiver wire ad in order to fill an empty roster spot. So I think there was a lot of good stuff from you guys on that. Um, but we got to keep moving forward here. We're going to first talk about a few teams in the NFL, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, one team that has been a fantastic surprise for fantasy is the Seattle Seahawks. They've been one of the best fantasy storylines all year. As an NFL team, they're, they're kind of a uh, fun two and three team that kind of is punching above their weight class. They're seventh in, in points per game in the league as a team. Tyler Lockett's wide receiver eight, DK Metcalf's wide receiver 19, both are averaging 50, around 15 or more points per game. Geno Smith is quarterback seven overall. And now Kenneth Walker looks set to pay off big for people that are rostering him. I'd have him as a, a mid-level, you know, RB2 level type player. Um, how long can Seattle keep this up? They play Arizona this week. Maybe we'll pass it around. We'll start with Bip for this one. What's your general thoughts on Seattle? And do you think that this is a, a team that can kind of keep it going uh, in terms of their offensive success, yeah, I I am still I would still classify them as a pretender in my opinion. So if you look at Seattle, right, they they didn't score a ton of points versus Denver, the opening game or San Francisco, you know, which was a strong defense, you know, and then they lit it up in 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 the other games. Um, so. You know, I mean, of course, Metcalf, uh, Lockett, you know, great receivers, Geno's chucking it down there, you know, they'll they'll have their 
see but i just don't think it is sustainable you know they have some tough matchups down the road kansas city 49ers again you know during the tournament playoff time so i i still have my question marks there but hey we'll we'll take it as long as it continues i think they again have a good week you know down the stretch you know they have some easier games i would say versus uh, cardinals chargers you know billy yeah, I kind of agree with Bip. I, I wasn't really on this offense. Um, the guy I do have a decent amount of is Tyler Lockett, um, simply because he was going later, definitely the Metcalf. I thought he was a value compared to people with Diego Metcalf. Um, I really didn't have the running game at all. I have, I think, two shares of Kenneth Walker. Um, I mean, Gino's been – he's been like the surprise guy that nobody's really talking about. He's been phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> kind of reminds me of Steven Willie Beeman from uh, – <laughs> <laughs> any given Sunday he's just he just came in and he's just lighting it up and he's having a fantastic you know he I mean the passes he threw the other day to lock it that yep. second one was an unbelievable it was Mahomes like it was really yeah. dying I mean that uh, yeah I mean, d- 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 he dropped that thing in there just and like, I don't know if you guys do the prop bets but his props he was two weeks ago his rushing yards was six and a half he ran for 49 right. yards they bumped him up to seven and a half last week and he got like 18. I'm like, this is, but anyway, that's that sidebar. The point yep. I'm getting is, um, they're playing well. I do agree with Bip. Let's see what they do against a really good defense like San Francisco and those guys. Um, yeah. But uh, hey, right now, you know, ride the wave. I guess while you can, especially with Arizona coming up. And I think that Arizona game is super interesting because you've had kind of an Arizona's team. We'll touch on shortly, but you have a team who's kind of been underachieving, who had bigger expectations versus a team that's overachieving. It's a divisional matchup. It's going to be a high total. That game's going to say a lot with how both teams kind of approach it. Um, Dan, your your thoughts on on Seattle? Anything to add? Yeah. So I, I I'm riding Seattle as long as they're you know as they're providing good times. I'm going to definitely ride them. Um, I, I I just put something up on the screen here. Uh, hopefully you guys can see it. But Seattle is. Can you make it? Can you make it bigger, Dan? Like uh, magnify it anyway. Uh, I can see it. This in the okay. browser there? No. Click, click right. on the three dots there. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Top right. Three okay. dots. Dan, I'm 52 years old, man. I need to get my readers out to see that. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly why I can't see shit. <laughs> I think this is as big as I can make it. That, that, but, right. but look yeah, at yeah, Seattle here, which is like the six offense down the row. 27% of their first downs are creating another first down. 51% of their second downs. Um, you know, first or second downs are creating a first down. And they're 74% on the first, second, or third downs creating a, a first down. You know, they're one of the best offenses in the league. And then it gets better than that because if you look at their defenses now, now look at the very bottom of the screen. The, the very bottom defense is Seattle. 26% of the time they're allowing um, a first down on first down. 52% of the time they're allowing a first down on first or second down. And 76% per time percent of the time the absolute worst defense in the league when i can get a great offense paired with a crap defense i'm riding that as much and as long as i can so uh, so how are they then how are they 28th in rush attempts and 24th in pass attempts is it are they just a slow offense are they just not getting the offense on the field a lot like what's what's the how does that work yeah i i, I pay less attention to like uh, you know what they are in rush attempts or what they are in pass attempts or anything like that I'm looking at, you know, what are, what are they achieving with those attempts? Uh, because you can be slow and still be good. 
um, or you can be fast and not, you know, and, and still be very inefficient. So we, we want teams that are being efficient with their, with their um, you know, the downs that they're given. And Seattle is doing that. So now, do you, do you think that efficiency is sustainable at this point for the rest of the season? Or how, how do you? I mean, it's sustainable until it's not. I mean, you know, yeah. what, are, what, what are we seeing that looks really unsustainable about this other than we have this predisposition that we think Gino sucks? And I think you nailed it. I think that, like, he's, he's on fire. Um, and also you have a they're, – they're letting him play his game and he's consistently feeding his top two targets. So we right. talk about the narrow passing tree in yes. Miami. That's, that's he's got exactly the narrow, it. And those guys win. And those guys win yes. deep. And those guys win intermediate. And now he's – and they had – you know, I, I think Walker is interesting because there's a chance that Walker elevates that offense. Um, they if, if we remember in the preseason, they made the point of saying that Kenneth Walker was going to be the, our receiving back. And mm -hmm. people just kind of rushed that under the rug. So – I think there's a chance that he's he sees a more receiving work certainly than Penny, um, and I think that team's super exciting. And just JD, your point on on total plays per game, um, yes, yeah, Seattle doesn't wow you in terms of where they are in terms of like how many plays per game. But the number one team in most plays per game is Arizona, who's middling at like 20 points per yeah. game right now as a team. So I think that can be a little bit misleading. Like Philadelphia, right. yeah, Ar Arizona is super inefficient right now. Yeah, uh, because yep. they're only 21% of their first downs, which is one of the lowest percentages in the league, are achieving first downs. They're much better on second downs. They're 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 actually first and second downs are one of the best, but uh, but they're they're struggling right now. Uh, and actually, I'm sorry, I was looking at defense. Only 17% of their first downs. That's uh, that's one of the lowest percentages in the league. Uh, where they're succeeding on first down and getting another first down out of it. They're at 50% on their second downs, which is kind of middle of the pack. So this is... Yeah, and today, today I don't know if you guys heard, uh, Eli Manning was on the McAfee show talking about Gino, just talking about how he's watching him. He just sees him making really good decisions. And because yes. he's making those good decisions and not just like, you know, trying to force plays, then the offensive coordinator is more willing to let him take more responsibility try more riskier plays right because he's not necessarily he'll check it, he'll check it down or, or get rid of it if he needs to so just a little note i was just trying to play devil's advocate with dan's uh, fancy graph there but um and, and the other thing guys let's remember most of these seattle pieces are cheap right there you got them cheap wherever you got them in most cases because so, so at least you're you know if with what you're getting you got it like dan said you got to ride the wave i think at this point. yeah and, and let's hammer again that point that theo made narrow passing tree here very narrow and, and usage tree in general. Uh, you know, you're, you're basically looking at two wide receivers, one running back, and then you know, pick your flavor at tight end. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to try to figure out the tight ends, whatever it is, it is. But uh, it, it wide receiver and running back, it's very easy to figure out. Another team that started off extremely quickly was Detroit. Um, even with their fantasy dud this past weekend in New England, they're still third in the NFL in, in scoring at 28 points per game. What are your fantasy expectations for them coming off of a bye? Start with Billy on this one. Uh, I think they're going to get things back. You know, uh, I, you know, we, ARSB played on Sunday. But he obviously wasn't effective. You, you could see it in the warm-ups. He just wasn't, you know, it was one of those things. That I think you had to play him if you had him. 
just on the off chance that things work out. But the fact he's going to get an additional two weeks to rest, put him back in, get Chark back in. I mean, this, the writing was on the wall, in my opinion, when they went up to New England. Belichick, they were going to just scheme for them, and it was going to be – I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but it was bad. Um, but I think they pick it right back up, just like Dan showed on that chart. If I remember correctly, Detroit's, I yes. believe, right above Seattle. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, like Dan said, you're talking about a horrible defense and a good offense, and it all just mixes together. And then you, when you add Swift back into the mix, because he should be back, I mean, that, that offense is fun to watch. It really is. It's, it could, you know, they're, they're a 35, 40-point offense every week if things are clicking. And, Billy, your thoughts on Jamison Williams, who could also be back quickly. I mean, pr- relatively quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's just one more chip they have to, to, to add to everything. I mean, my goodness, that's a nasty offense if you think about it. You get you got Jamison Williams, you got DJ Chark, you got ARCB, you got Hawkinson, you got Swift and Jamal Williams. Now you're looking at, you know, Jared Goff. I mean, I picked him up a few weeks ago. Maybe I should have picked up Geno, but uh, um, Jared Goff looks like he could be decent down the stretch. He really does. I mean, he could be a guy that can fill in. Bip, your thoughts? Yeah, and and also they like Josh Reynolds, you know, who's yeah. quietly. Uh, he's like a wide receiver. There. He's like a high end wide receiver three right now. Uh, yeah, Josh Reynolds be, uh, is like wide receiver twenty four right now. Surprised, and you know, I'm more hopeful of the Detroit schedule and offense over uh, Seattle. You know, personal choice. I mean, I they showed it last year. They they are they have more explosive players a lot more options i mean sometimes they don't even use hawkinson but he showed us uh you know last 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 week how, what he could do um i just feel they have a couple of tough games you know i think they take on buffalo down the road and you know i mean while they are coming off by the dallas game it's not going to be easy when they are uh, at dallas but otherwise you know i look at their schedule and the teams and they know how to put up points you know it's going to be a fun team to watch Dan and JD, anything to add on, on Detroit? We talked about this with the first and 15 guys. Um, you know, our thoughts on Ben Johnson, how, how great an offensive coordinator he is. Um, maybe anything to add on your thoughts post-buy? I mean, post-buy, I, th- I think it's going to be pretty much the same. And Detroit suffers from the same fate as Seattle in that they have a, a defense that just cannot get off the field. Uh, you know, so in a way that kind of limits their offense a little bit because, you know, when your defense can't get off the field, your offense is not on the field. But on the other hand, it puts a lot more pressure on the offense to do good things when they do get on the field. So, uh, you know, I, I, again, I love seeing those efficient offenses along with inefficient defenses. So, uh, you know, both, both Seattle and uh, Detroit have those. Yeah, so seventh in the league first first downs per game. So I mean, when they are on the field, they're good. And you know, like like the guy said, they're fun to watch. You always yeah. like to have a fun. Amron is definitely fun uh, to have on your roster when he puts up those crazy Cooper Cup games. And you hope he comes back and he can keep keep that going. Um, but no, I like I like this offense. Like we saw uh, T.J. Hawk go off the other week and win you a week with forty some points. I know he did for me. Uh, so you you know you like to see these firework games from from any offense. So if you can get it from Detroit now, it just adds more to your uh, your artillery. Yeah, Jamison Williams for me is going to be a big factor. Oh, um, yeah. I have him stashed a few places, and the the success of Josh Reynolds, and like you said, JD, the success of TJ Hawkinson that one game. I mean, Hawkinson did did nothing this weekend, but when he was the only guy there, they schemed to get him the ball. I think Ben Johnson is very sharp in terms of getting the right guy the ball in the right situation not force feeding it to a particular guy yep. it's built around Amon Ross St. Brown but you're going to see Jamison Williams 
you might not he might be a better in best ball type guy for the rest of the year but he's going to have a couple of smash games i believe um, when do when do you guys expect him when do you guys expect him because i think this, this i mean if today, he's soon enough today i heard that there's a chance he comes back right after the bye week now they're not going to rush him they've made a point of saying this is a guy that they're not going to rush but i think that he'll be let's say you know i think he will be there by halloween you know yeah. i think like that's pretty safe i think end of the month and if, if not sooner so he is coming and when you get all those guys healthy together you know they have five receiving weapons two running backs who have been very successful and the best offensive line in football so they're a one in four team but they have an aggressive coaching staff and they have a lot of pieces so they're a lot of fun um we got to talk about a couple of teams that are not so fun though right now guys um last night we talked about this with mario puig um i'll ask you guys the same really kind of the same question but a, but a little different um of these three offenses who do you have the most hope uh, of turning it around and and seeing improvement from we'll call them you know teams that people were kind of stacking in denver and los angeles and then the indianapolis colts all three of them have been very disappointing um billy who would be of those three your pick or can be none that you're you're having confidence can get better as the season moves along if i'm going to pick one it's going to be denver and it's going to be contingent on Nathaniel Hackett's going to be fired very soon so that they could seriously turn things around. Um, that's halfway kidding, but not really. Um, I, Truthfully, out of those three, I think they're the ones that could turn it around the quickest. Um, that Rams offensive line is bad. It is bad. And they I don't know what they're going to do to fix that, but it's creating all kinds of problems. Um, I just saw Wayne popped in. They're not the Colts. I totally agree with Wayne as well. Um, Matt Ryan just looks atrocious right now. He looks terrible. He looks skittish. He doesn't, it's, it's awful. Um, so I would have to say Denver, obviously I'm not like itching my wagons to them, but if you're going to, you know, out of those three, that's who I would go with. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if any of these three teams will turn it around this year. You know, it's hard to choose. I do agree with everything Billy said. I mean, I'm surprised Hackett still has a job after the last two games and those uh, bad decisions. Now, it might be that they know more about Russell Wilson's injury and 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 not running a bunch of plays. I don't know. But, um, you know, um, yeah, so that's, that's that. Now, you know, the Rams play in a difficult uh, division, so I just don't see how they will turn it around with Seattle balling now. And then, you know, there's 49ers and Arizona. And then, you know, that's my worry also with Denver, right? They're in a tough division. So, uh, and, you know, Indiana, uh, Matt Ryan is washed out. So, I, I wouldn't, I'm not hoping any of these teams turn around, right? But like Billy said, you know, if, if I had to choose one, it has to be Denver and that's that's about it yeah. and jd and dan uh we talked enough about this last night i don't want you guys to get sick to your stomach talking about bad offenses so i'll switch to some. i, I just want to read these deal deal oh go ahead oh we lost them i just want to read these look remember you guys remember these three teams coming <laughs> in the season okay look at their odds right now to win the super bowl okay the colts plus 4400 denver plus 5200 the Rams are the best, are the you know the best right now, plus two thousand. But who would have thought coming into this season, the odds on these guys winning the ball? I'm pretty sure those three were you know up there in the top, maybe five, six uh, favorite. If, if if 
I'm not mistaken. And you'll standing. see right now, right now, uh, Dan is is represented by a picture of himself um, in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, this was this was this is not Gardner Minshew. This is actually how Dan looked in the 1980s. So there you go. But I want to start. We'll start with Dan and JD. Dan and JD, we've talked about bad offenses let, now for two nights it, in a row. Let, 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 let me throw in real quick. Um, I'm I'm more bullish on the Rams probably than either of the other two. Because of this reason, number one, I mean, I think their offensive line needs to get healthy. Uh, you know, they've they've got this week against Carolina, and they've got a bye week coming up, and I think that bye week is well timed for them as well. Because we've seen Sean McVay reinvent an offense on a fly, and I think there's a chance that he might be able to do that here. And we've kind of started to see that a little bit. Like he started to realize he needs more team speed. And all of a sudden, you know, since he doesn't have uh, Van Jefferson, he's been throwing Tutu Atwell in there. I mean, you know, because Allen Robinson ain't it. That's that, that's just not happening. If you have him, drop him. I don't care. Um, but, you know, Skoranek definitely can have a role. Tutu Atwell can have a role until Van Jefferson gets back. Hopefully Van Jefferson gets back. But I'm, I'm a believer that he might be able to work something with that offense. The running backs, I'm staying far away from them, but I mean they have to do something more than Cooper Cup, and I think that they'll get there. And I wonder if if we see some Kyron Williams at some point, just because of the right, exactly. lack of success. So yep. there'll be there'll be something. You know, they, you know, we talked about maybe they could add another back somehow, but you're right. McVay is certainly the the offensive mind that you you have the most confidence of of those of those guys, which is not really that hard. I'd rather have. Um, Bip or Billy running an NFL offense than uh, anything we're seeing on in Denver right now. No, no doubt in my mind. Um, Want to talk about a fun game here? Kansas City plays Buffalo this weekend in an AFC title rematch from the classic, or excuse me, from the AFC playoff game classic, um, where where we saw Kansas City win and then go on to lose to the Bengals. What are your expectations for this game? We'll first go around the horn. Who wins this one, Billy? Who wins this one? I think Buffalo wins. I just think Buffalo is just right now clearly um, ahead. I, I think what beat them last year was Tyreek Hill. His speed just destroyed them. Uh, it destroyed them on the, that one touchdown, the, la- the second to last touchdown, and then they backed off completely that Kelsey catch the 18 yards. I think they win the game. I got this feeling it's going to be an under, though, only because there's going to be so much hype around this game. And I think both teams are going to try to keep the ball as long as possible from the other team. And I just think it's going to be slow sustained, you know, and I think they're going to score. But then it might turn into a, you know, just a pinball game, which we all want to see. We, we would love to see a 45-44 game, of course. Give me 48-45. Absolutely. I would love that. We all would want that. But, um, you know, I, I think it'll be a little slower pace than people want, but I still think it's going to be a great game. And I, I go with Buffalo. I think they're going to be pissed off. They're going to go in there. Their offense is just – just so unbelievable right now. They're, they got they have the much better defense as well. So, Bip, what about you? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a very good game. You know, whether high scoring or not. I I I feel the quarter quarterback that will have the ball last is going to win that game. You know, I know Buffalo is going to come uh, with a chip on their shoulder and what happened and desperate to prove they are the better team, but. You know, I also don't like betting against Patrick Mahomes and and what he can do, right? And and of course Andy Reid. Uh, so I just feel that whichever quarterback uh, has the ball last is going to win the game. And then, you know, my hope is that Gabe Davis scores another five, 
right? That will make me very fantasy happy. <laughs> no doubt about that. Dan, who wins? Yeah, I, I, I'm with Bill. I, I think he phrased it perfectly. Whichever quarterback has the ball last is going to win. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if you're not salivating over this game, there's something wrong with you. You shouldn't even be playing fantasy football. Um uh, and I think Gabe Davis is going to have a lot to say about the winner, too. I mean, I think if Gabe has a quiet game, uh, this probably could roll the Chiefs' way. If Gabe is doing what he did against the Steelers, uh, it could be a tough day for Kansas City. J.D., who wins? Yeah, I think I think coming off of a shorter week, off of the game we saw last night, I'm surprised it's only three. I th- with, the, with the points, if anything, I think the line probably moves more towards Buffalo. So if you are on KC, maybe you wait if you do think it's a field goal situation. But I think Buffalo wins this game. But like you said, it's hard to bet against uh, Mahomes. So agree with the the last quarterback to hold the ball. But if I have to bet the line, it'll be Buffalo on this one. So right now, Patrick Mahomes is six wins, zero losses, and one push in his seven (laughs) games as an underdog in the NFL. There you go. Never lost your money as an underdog. Um, So that's uh, that's something to consider. Again, I, I but I, I think that that ends this week. Um, I think that the Bills cover, and I think that the Bills win by a touchdown or so. We saw Kansas City get challenged against against Las Vegas last night. I think the Bills' offense will move the ball very well. There you go, ML. ML's thinking about like how I am. Uh, yeah, That'd be good. Nice seven spot. Yeah, seven yep. spot. Um, and now we'll get back to the fantasy players on these teams. Just go right around the horn again, Billy and Bip. Your thoughts on? Juju Smith-Schuster and Devin Singletary, two kind of interesting, interesting players in, in their begin, their starts to the season. Uh, start with Billy on this one. Um, I'm, I have him on a few spots. In fact, I know the league that uh, you, Theo, and Bip are in with me. I have Juju Smith-Schuster. He's just not doing anything for me right now. He's just like a 10-point guy who's, you know, yeah. his yards per catch is so bad. I would much rather have MVS right now. I really would. And knowing he's going to drop two passes a game right in his hands, I'd still almost rather have him just because I think he gets looked at a little more. It seems like he's looked at a little more. Um, I I just – Juju doesn't do anything for me. Devin Singletary does. I think he – if they can utilize him in the correct way and give him some goal line touches, let him. And I think he's going to get some this week. I think he's going to have a decent game against Kansas City. Um, You know, it's all about Josh Allen around the goal line too. Of course, but uh, I like Singletary going forward. I think he's going to start showing what he did the la- at the end of the season last year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I was never into Juju going into this season. Probably took some to hedge, uh, and you know, I I liked that they were feeding MVS last night, and he did have a drop, but we didn't see the Green Bay MVS dropping a bunch of passes, right? So I just feel if Mahomes trusts him more, his role might evolve there. And then, you know, I'm still very high on Sky Moore in second half of the year. So hopefully he will evolve, right? So I'm feeding Juju. I think Buffalo, with what they have, I still feel Singletary is the best running back in Buffalo right now. And, you know, he showed his pass-catching abilities two games back and, and what he did. So... With all the injuries to running backs and whatnot, you know, he's he's still playing as an RB2 for me in a bunch of teams. So, Singletree is the guy for me going forward. Dan or JD, anything to add on Juju or Devin Singletary? I mean, I'll throw out Juju. I, I had some hopes for him going into the season, but at this point, basically, 
Um, he, he's that guy I'm playing in leagues where I don't have a lot of depth and I do have uh, injuries or bye weeks, uh, you know, and I don't feel great about it. Um, Singletary, I think, you know, expecting what he did weeks three and four is probably expecting too much. Expecting what he did the first couple weeks is probably expecting too little. Um, I, I think he settles in somewhere in between. I think you kind of nailed it, though, Dan. Um, it just because when I'm looking at Devin Singletary, his two most fantasy impactful games and the two games where they leaned on him the most were these 23-20 game and the 21-19 yeah. game. So I think, like, in a game against Kansas City, I would expect Singletary to be very fantasy viable. Um, in these very competitive games, I, I think you'll see a lot of Singletary, but he is they're not going to run him into the ground if they're up 38-3. They're going to use James Cook. Um, you know, we've seen them use Zach Moss. In blowouts, I think, you know, it's – and the problem is the Bills are going to have a few more blowouts this year. So that's a, the one problem with Singletary where he's more of a – I feel more comfortable if it was my flex than my RB2. Um, but the nature of the running back game, you know, he's, he's my RB2 yep. wherever I have him. So, um, yeah, the, the thing is with Singletary, he's shown it to you. He was RB4 already. He's with nine receptions. You want to tie your running backs to good offense – this time of year, you want as many running backs as you can. So if you've got him on one of the top offenses, that's way more valuable to me than Juju that's replaceable. What did he do? Give you 13 points at best. Uh, you can find that on the waiver wire, you know, in, in most of your leagues, uh, especially FFPC, how slim the leagues are. So I think the running back here is definitely uh, more of value to me. Quick around the horn. Who would you rather roster the rest of the season, Juju Smith-Schuster or Alec Pierce? Start with Billy. <laughs> Alec Pierce, 100%. Bip. Pierce, my high-stone player. Nice flex, Pip. Pierce, not my high-stone player, but, <laughs> you know, if, if, if I had him, I would start him. Yeah, rookies, rookies, we talked about it before we came on air. You want rookies this, this time of year. The ones that pop, the ones that didn't pop, the ones in good offenses especially. So give me the, give me the rookie receiver. I know he's not in a great offense, and maybe he's got Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan's got a crush on him. And that's all you need is for, for the quarterback to have a crush on you to get targets. Give me Pierce. Pierce is a baller. Um, shout out to 1912. Uh, what are our thoughts on, on Rashad Bateman right now? If you were on a, if you were in a, is this, I'm assuming this is dynasty. Is he a buy, sell, or hold for you um, in terms of dynasty? Um, start with Billy. Uh, not really a dynasty player, but I'd probably say, I don't know if I'd go for a buy on him. Uh, he's more of a hold for me. I don't think I'd do anything with him right now. He's had a couple good games, he had a couple duds. Just kind of hang on to see what he's got and see where that offense goes. But that'd be my opinion. Pip. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I'm not paying a 2023 first for Bateman, but I'm going to hold him where I have him and try to buy him cheap. You know, uh, I still like him. You know, I still feel uh, they will figure out his role as that offense evolves, but I'm not overpaying to buy him. Shout out to Joe Carlton in the chat. Joe's doing very, very well in the NFFC Silver Bullet right now. Um, he took care of business against me this week in our Bullet League. So hat tip to you, Joe. Yeah, um, I wanted to give a shout out to you, uh, to Joe as well, because he he left us a nice comment uh, earlier today about our guests and, and just listening to the show. I made a comment about grabbing a pen and paper. 
uh, and he flexed uh, his his experience. And we love that. We we want this to be a community. Community. We want everyone to share ideas. Uh, we bring on these guests because we know they're the best, and we want them to help you guys. But we know you guys can help us too, man. So don't don't be afraid to drop comments, whether you're listening now or, or drop them in the comments below if you're listening later. But uh, you know we're all here to share and win together. Yeah, and we like to say in the Goat District, there's there's no other other podcast right now that has as many very good high stakes players who who listen in and watch as well as come on the show. So we're proud of um our the, our not only our knowledgeable guests but our knowledgeable listeners and viewers. We have some of the sharpest people around um, that I think listen to the Goat District and watch the Goat District. So uh, hat tip to everybody there. Um, Want to get back to Buffalo and Kansas City. Pick one stash for the rest of the season. Isaiah Pacheco, Sky Moore, Khalil Shakir, who popped this weekend, and James Cook. If you could have one of those guys for the rest of the season, which one would it be? Start with Billy. I... Uh... I am going to, and I think I know what Bip's going to say, just based on some things he said, I'm going to go with Sky Moore as well. I have a lot of him you know, stashed away for right now. I think he's got the best chance for anything. I think Shakir's just a guy who's going to be only viable if McKenzie's out. Um, Kansas City running back rotation is just all over the place. You just don't know each week who's going to get the run of the work. So, And James Cook is kind of a guy who's not getting on the field unless they're in a blowout. So definitely uh, Sky Moore for me. Bip, we know your answer. Sky Moore's your guy. Anything further to add on him? Yeah, no, I think he has the highest ceiling this year, I would say, to win a tournament out of all the four guys that you talked about. I mean, I love all four of them. I think Shakir uh, will have a role, but I just don't see him being weakly consistent, you know, with Gabe Davis and Diggs ahead of him. Um, you know, I love Pacheco. I still feel, you know... Um, his his role might evolve or if Clyde goes down and you know McKinnon right he just can't be consistent but how they run that offense you know running backs may not get a lot of touches consistently so more from an upside standpoint Dan yeah I'd rather roster uh, McKinnon than Pacheco in uh, redraft for sure and as far as the guy we're guys we're talking about Sky Moore definitely uh, though I will say if there's like, uh, you know, like if Gabe Davis or um, Isaiah McKenzie goes down for a long time, uh, I, I think Shakir could be that guy. Yep. JD, who you want? Yeah, there's just more in front of Shakir for it to happen. Sky Moore, you got to think because we haven't seen anyone really pull away in that KC offense. Yes. We want we want we want Mahomes, the hundred million dollar man to fall in love with someone. And I mean, it, this is the time of year, guys, where love is in the air. The rookie receivers come in prancing. We saw Alec Pierce a couple weeks ago uh, getting Ryan's attention. I think that there's just a matter of time between before Sky Moore. I will say, though, Pacheco, the eye test, he did look good. And I'm not a CEH guy. So I think if there's an opportunity, I could see Pacheco taking that, that over. And, and I like James Cook, uh, again, just more injury-wise uh, with the opportunity in Buffalo. So I'll take the bullish case on Khalil Shakir. For one, I already saw it last week. Um, you know, I think that he looks excellent. Like for me, he looks better than Isaiah McKenzie. He's explosive. He yeah. it was they had one conversion where um, it was it was fantastic, and then he had the touchdown where he was impressive on. And I will say this: Gabe Davis has missed a game. Isaiah McKenzie has missed two games. Dawson Knox has missed a game. So we've already seen the Buffalo uh, receiving core miss games. Once you miss a game, your chances of missing another game uh, go up. 
So, like Dan said, if Shakir has a path where he's he's going to be a like he was this past weekend, he's extremely viable in, in the formats we play in. So, I'm going to take Shakir. Um, Want to move on to some players? Or you know, we have one more one more offense. Um, there's three offenses that are somewhat middling. We'll call these the stacking offenses: Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, and Arizona. These teams were heavily stacked. These teams were were attacked in the draft season. And it's been like a lot, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff left on the vine here. Um, both, all three average around that twenty points per game mark. Um, they've had a couple of real duds as well. Which offense are you most bullish on rest of the season, starting with Billy? Oh, I mean, they all have their their moments. Um, I mean, I think Tampa's got the most pieces in place. I think that offensive line is a little shaky, and that's why they're stuck. There's some a little bit, stumbling a little bit. Um, I guess if I had to pick one, I think I'd go with them just because of Brady. Cincinnati's offensive line is not what we thought it was right now, and I want to I want to say Arizona because I got a ton of Kyler. I'd love to see that happen, and when Hopkins comes back. But if I had to pick one, I really think Tampa could have the best offense but then now as i'm thinking about this more i may just lean towards arizona because the defense is much lousier which causes their offense to be on the field more and stuff so up arizona i'm gonna switch my switch my answer Bip? yeah i i hope it is you know my heart wants it to be cincinnati i'm very invested in you know their receiving corps and burrow is one of my higher owned quarterbacks right but the way this new offensive line is playing. I'm just not hopeful if last year's magic happens and teams are paying extra attention to Jamar Chase, right? So uh, I think he probably has a bit more value when Higgins is on the field versus, you know, Higgins not being on the field. So, you know, from that standpoint, like Billy was saying, and we saw it last year, right? Tampa Bay, the receivers are getting healthy. Uh, Brady is the GOAT, you know, and then uh, their running game is going and, and I'm happy to see Rashad White's uh, role expand in that offense, right? So prudently, I think it will be Tampa Bay. I'm I'm off Arizona. I think I think Kyler will be the master of garbage time and he'll put up points in fourth quarter, which he did even last year. But I think Tampa Bay probably figures it out first. But I really, really want it to be Cincinnati. You know, that will make me happy. Dan, which one are you most bullish on? I, I hate Bip for saying all of that. Uh, I have too much. I have too much Arizona. Uh, damn you, Bip. Uh, <laughs> Arizona right now last in yards per completion in the entire league uh, with eight point three. Not well, not hey, maybe you, DeAndre Hopkins. You got yeah. You got to think they're they're looking forward for uh, I, I, DeAndre. I, I, I'm back. so fearful that DeAndre Hopkins is just. Turn into such a dud. Um, <laughs> he ate, he ate b- potato chips that's, on his couch. That's, that's, like, that's my own shot. Yeah. Freud talking. So um, he'll be better. He'll be better than AJ Green, though. I mean, you got to be a little yeah, happy yeah, about that. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I mean, you know, ba- to, to be honest, I'm heavily invested in all of these offenses. So I hope Same. the answer is C, all of the above. Um, if I had to pick one, though, I'm going with Billy. I think it's Tampa Bay. Um, I I think they are probably the one. Uh, that that has the most chance of putting everything together. So, I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Arizona. Um, I just 
I do think that when Hopkins comes back, it's going to elevate the offense. It's going to help Kyler. They just got Rondell Moore back, and Rondell Moore looks pretty good to me. We haven't seen him break off a big play, but he looks good. He looks kind of like what we expected when he came into the league um, in terms of being able to get open in the slot. So I think once you have Hopkins and Brown and Moore, I'm going to take kind of a bullish uh, approach with Arizona. Anything, J.D., on, on a team, you which team you like the most? No, I mean, I'm like you guys wishful thinking on Cincinnati. I will say we have seen offensive lines, you know, they, they've tried to make improvements. We have seen that take a bit of time. We've seen Cincinnati play with a horrible offensive line and make it work. So you hope that as the season goes, I don't know what happened to Higgins last week. I don't know if everyone's seen him yet. Tell him to call home because they're still looking for him. But I I mean, that hurt me. And I'm sure a lot of people, he's one of my own own players. Tampa with Brady there, you got to think, you know, you can never, it's kind of like we talked about Mahomes earlier. You're not betting against Brady. You got to think they're going to uh, have control of that situation moving forward. But um, yeah, Arizona, like I said, I don't know. It all depends when Hopkins come back, like Dan said, how he fits in and if he's back to where uh, we expect him. I mean, ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I, I have a mini rant, okay? Go for it. I had a team, my, my, um, <laughs> my primetime team, uh, I had 146 points with T. Higgins and Darren Waller still to go. And I also played Rashad Penny. Guess how many points I ended up with? 146. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. That's gross. It, 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 That's it gross, Dan. I, I was on the fence with this Tampa and Arizona thing, and then I just remembered two words, Cliff Kingsbury. So I'm going to go with Tampa. <laughs> so now, now, now I'm on an island. I'm on an island here, guys. Because, I'm the only no, because I, I, I'm, Theo, I want to be with you so bad because I have some of them, and I really think they can get that offense rolling. But then I look at him on the sidelines, and I'm like, oh, it's like he's he's just a step below Nathaniel Hackett in my mind. He's not he he's my you know he's right in the Matt Nagy area. So Kyler is so done with him. I mean, did you see yep. his comments after the last game? You know, they're they're asking, well, Kyler, you only ran like you know four times, and he goes, I just run the plays they give to me. Oh, yeah, it's just like. Kingsbury, uh, Kingsbury might be competing with Matt Rule for a uh, couple of those college jobs. Yeah, I think, he, yeah. I think he might be. I hope he is. I sure do, and I'd, I'd much rather have Matt Rule if I'm a college program. I'd like to add that as well. Yes. Um, Want to get to some players here, guys. Two of the biggest fantasy surprises so far are Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. Both find themselves as RB1s five weeks into the season. Are there? We saw Josh Jacobs absolutely ball out last night as well. I'll add that. Um, are there any lessons learned here with where these guys were drafted with the mistakes that were made, allowing them to slide to that level? And then also, do you think they keep this up and finish as RB ones? Start with Billy on this. Um, I hope they don't because I barely have either one of them. In fact, I have no Jacobs at all. And I have very little Miles Sanders. Um, I was off Jacobs for the simple reason of adding I felt like most of his value last year was in the fact that he he and Renfro were the only targets for the majority of the year, and he wasn't going to get a lot of catches. Um, so I don't have a lot of him. He looks he looks great. <laughs> he looked phenomenal last night. Uh, Sanders is kind of still wishy-washy to me. He kind of, you know, I think he's hit or miss every week. Uh, is there a lesson to be learned? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, maybe take just pile up on more running backs if you go wide receiver heavy at the beginning because these some of these dead zone running backs are really paying off for people right now. Michael Edelman approach to drafting sure um, works pretty well when you get the Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. 
yes. um, with some awesome wide receivers, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, Bip, Bip, your thoughts on these guys? Well, I think, you know, three things I would say is maybe this is the year a zero RB wins the championship, right? With guys like this evolving later, right? So that's that that's something interesting. But uh, I think both are contract years and it probably reflects on uh, the energy and the passion and, and the effort with which they are playing. The other thing, you know, I keep reminding myself every year is staying away from the off-season narratives, right? And then how how Josh Jacobs was getting trashed because he started the Hall of Fame game, right? Just staying away from it. I mean, I, we all want to, but we forget. But I think those are things that drove down the prices. And I do agree with Billy, I still feel Jacobs without injury has a path to finishing top 12 RB. Sanders, I, I don't think he will finish. And the kind of offense they run and then, you know, Hurts will score those rushing touchdowns in the goal line. So I don't think Sanders will finish as a top 12 RB, but it's good to see him play well. Dan? Yeah. I, I want to know where Joe Carlton was during uh, July and August because I definitely <laughs> needed him. <laughs> He's yeah. saying the evidence is there. McDaniels is going to run uh, Josh Jacobs into the ground. Uh, you know, Josh, Josh Jacobs, I will freely acknowledge, I have 0.0, 0, 0 Josh Jacobs um, in any of my managed leagues, and I extremely regret that. I always find a reason to fade that guy. And he always finds a way to just like make me feel like dirt when I do it. So um, next year, I'm just drafting all the Josh Jacobs. That's all there is to it. Uh, Miles Sanders, I think, is going to be a little bit more iffy. But, um, yeah, he's on a great offense. He's he's their number one running back. So those those are the kind of players you want to have. Jay, uh, what do you think of those guys the rest of the season? Do you think they I finish as RB1s? I just think it comes back to we don't know shit, guys. We talked about it with the first and fifth guys. We talk about it with all most of our guests who come come on here. And, you know, especially these running backs in like yeah. above average offenses, including Jacobs, that had no injury coming into the there. It's not like an injury. Like you said, it was just offseason narrative about what Jacobs would be in this offense. Oh, they're not going to resign them. They're going to get rid of them. Amir, you know, Zamir White, as much as I love Zamir White coming in. Uh, like why would they not use Jacobs the way they're using him? And when has he given us reason to think he's, he's not going to do this with this opportunity, right? So I, I, I just think that, and I, look, I'm not saying I've got tons of either guy. I've got a bit, but it, it's not enough. You know, I wish I had a lot more. I just think that it comes back to like, you know, you can't go into to, to any narrative and be like 100% sure or on one side or the other. you got to leave room for wiggle room and, and play percentages and, you know, not completely say, I'm not drafting a guy. Let cost, ADP, all that kind of stuff play a factor. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said with, with like, value-based drafting um, in a sense where they fall to a certain level and you just take them. But I think that the, the one, one lesson that, that I think the big takeaway is in terms of Josh Jacobs is when we saw him in the Hall of Fame game, I think that made people think less of, of him for the season. I think that certain coaches approach the preseason differently, and every year we see that. Mike Tomlin played Najee Harris, yeah. um, you know, with a hurt foot in the preseason. So I think that we need to kind of throw any preseason narrative kind of out, out out of there when it comes to you know how often we see guys. Um, that's that's my takeaway. And then yeah, Sanders I have more of than Jacobs. It's kind of like the 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 begrudgingly take him guy for me. 
where he he we get to a point I'd say, oh shit, I'll just take Miles Sanders. Yeah. And I'm really happy I have him. I think that I'm a little more bullish on Sanders though, because the offense is so good, and he's averaging over five yards a carry. So I think he'll have a couple of big games just based on being around those guys. Um, on the flip side of, of these nice stories, we're seeing some disastrous scoring from Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and James Conner. All are at about 10 points per game right now. Who would you like to roster the most of all three moving forward through the year? And then add if you have any thoughts on lessons learned from these guys. Billy, who would you like to have of those three if you could pick uh, one? I have very little of all of them. I have more T Etienne than I do. I have zero Harris, Najee Harris. Believe it or not, I'm a Steeler fan, but uh, I still have zero Harris this year. I didn't like it. I didn't like the whole situation with him. Um, very little James Conner. I definitely would ETN just because I think the upside's there a little bit with the, he can catch the ball. I mean, the other two can as well, but Connor just, he just seems like he can't stay healthy every week. He's getting nicked up. Um, you know, Najee's just struggling. That offense is just struggling right now. Pittsburgh is, especially with that defense. And then, uh, but definitely ETN would be the guy that I would want to have the rest of the year, because I think he's, he's shown even this past week, you know, a little more flash and, you know, he, he's going to erupt one of these games. He's going to have one of those few catches. He's going to have like a six for, you know, he's going to have like a six for 100 catching, you know, receiving, and he's going to have two touchdowns and 60 yards on the ground or something like that. So I, I would definitely go with ETN out of that group. Pip? Yeah, I, I would also go ETN. And, you know, I mean, uh, the other day I was looking at some stats, I think on Fantasy Pros about strength of schedule and what it looks like i think they rate the running back strength of schedule jaguars as the best schedule uh, way forward right but um i think if you look at those three guys you know naji harris came to the season with injury and now with picket starting and maybe this is the first year uh, mike tomlin has a has more losses than wins you know when the season ends i i i just feel that's going to happen so um so ETN is the one I think who has the highest ceiling right now based on what we are seeing. I was high on Harris at the beginning of the season, but when we heard about his foot injury, you know, I just stopped drafting him. So it's played out well because I I moderately have him, you know, not not a ton. Uh, but you know, the only concern with ETN for me would be uh Doug Pedersen. You know, he goes by committee, he schemes games differently and never you know i've seen even in his eagles days you know uh consistently give touches to a single running back so that's that's the only issue i could see but etn finally broke out you know last game and i i expect to see him have a, have a better second half dan who would you like to have the most of those three yeah i think it's definitely etn um i similar to billy i have no Najee. um just didn't like the situation at all. ETN, we got to remember, this is really his rookie year. And Connor, I I didn't draft him heavily in redraft, but I, you know, I held on to my uh, dynasty shares, and I'm kind of regretting that. I mean, it just, it, it, it's not setting up as well for Connor as it did last year. I mean, I didn't expect him to do the same thing as last year, where he had just incredible touchdown luck. But it you know, Arizona is just not scoring nearly enough to get him the opportunities he needs to, you know, to be an RB1. So, uh, you know, I, I I guess I would I would rank him ETN, Connor, and then uh, Najee very clearly in the rear. JD, 
which one? Yeah, it's it, it it Etienne's almost at five yard uh, per carry. The other two are under three point seven. Uh, Harris even at three point two, and it doesn't look that you know like there's a light at the end of the tunnel for Harris out there in Pittsburgh right now. So it, I think he still holds enough of that name value where you could probably move him and and get something decent for him. Uh, but Etienne is definitely the guy I want to hold on to. Dan, Dan nailed it for me. He's you know we saw Cook. Uh, we, we've seen guys coming off of injured seasons and then, you know, start a little slow, but then build up momentum. We just look at JT last year, He, you know, or JT as, sorry, as a rookie and uh, how it took him a while to come back. And Etienne's coming off of injury. So we got to give him time. And I think he's definitely the one with the most upside here. So I have one Najee Harris share. Um, it was in the New York City uh, primetime, the Saturday one. And it was like the third draft I had of the day. And Najee Harris fell to me at the 302. So I had to take him. I remember and, uh, it was the weirdest. Second. It was the weirdest. Wait, it was the weirdest. Rewind a second, just please rewind. It, it, you, you meant two o two, right? No. no, 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 no. It was the weirdest board you've ever seen, and he fell to me at the three o two. We had, we wow. had. It was. It was Tommy Labretti was in that draft. Nelson Sousa was in that draft. Michael Edelman was in that draft, and then there was a couple of guys who were. I was kind of new to the room. Mike were you Sanda in that and I were in that draft too. Oh yes, you and Mike Sanda got George Kittle in like the the eighth ninth round. round. And that's, eighth that's round, terrible. He stinks. So yeah, so I, I what, that, what that, is going on with this draft? Can we post a board of this? <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the board. It was it was it was a wacky draft. Oh but my god! We all, like, yeah. You know why are we not I, in this draft? <laughs> you know you still. But the moral of the story is. You get you get Najee Harris at the three hundred two, and it still brings your team down this year. So, right, um, it's ETN. It's clearly ETN for me. I think that a lot of the narratives about ETN are going to change pretty quickly, and I'm, I'm happy to see that because I have a ton of them. Uh, hopefully, my teams can you know have treaded water long enough to you know see the ETN breakout through. But uh, he certainly looks the part, and I think we've seen the best the best NFL season Najee Harris had already happened i don't see him having another season as good as he did as a rookie and i think that's just a kind of the way i'm looking at it um the wide receiver position has seen its fair share of disappointments i'm going to throw out a few players tell me you're the guy you're most bullish for rest of the way brandon cooks dj moore i don't even want to put him in there elijah moore jerry judy brandon Ayuk. who are you most bullish on moving forward and is there any, this seems like this was a wide receiver dead zone to me, Billy, in a sense. Um, is there any lessons you learned from some of the wide receiver failures this year? It just seems like there's more than a few of them in this range. I mean, I obviously didn't learn lessons because I draft DJ Moore every year. Now he, And I still have hope that he's going to turn into something. I mean, he's had horrible quarterbacks for forever. And I still think he can, you know, I think he had 12 this week. So he's trending upwards. He's in the double digits now. But, uh. He's the one I'd hope for the most. I mean, Elijah Moore is just killing, killing me everywhere. And it's like, I know the minute I sit him, he's going to go for for 25, 30 points. I, I just know it's going to happen. Um, so DJ Moore is the one I'm hoping for. I think they could, could turn it around just based on his what he's done in the past. Elijah Moore, they just seem don't seem like they can get him going. I'm not really in on Judy or Ayuk. I think they're definitely secondary options in offenses that really aren't sinking right now or passing very much. So I would have to go DJ Moore. Yep. Yeah, I'm not uh, overly excited about any of these guys, but building on what Billy said, you know, my only hope is because I also have a bunch of DJ Moore and the lesson I learned is do not draft receivers who play with Baker Mayfield. Uh, 
you know, I mean, that's that's a valuable <laughs> lesson. But my only hope is Mayfield is now hurt and hopefully stays away. And then maybe, you know, Darnold comes back. I think Moore did fine with Darnold. So I don't care what Carolina does. But at least fantasy-wise, we may see some of the ceilings of Moore hit. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with Judy. You know, I was excited i thought finally he might be having his season and i'm even wondering is he just a bad player you know i mean he's dropping passes he should catch and you know i mean um, i still see the upside there with russell wilson and hopefully hackett getting fired and they figure out the offense but i just don't see judy you know playing to his potential or the hype he came with so it'll still be more for me and hopefully without baker mayfield you know that'll that'll make a lot of us happy Dan, pick your poison. <laughs> really? Do we have to? <laughs> um, you could say none of the above if you don't have any bullet. You know, you're not bullish on any of them. I, I, I'm going to go with DJ Moore. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I mean, you know, uh, Davis Mills has been exposed. Uh, Elijah Moore is just dealing with a quarterback who's not good enough and there's too many other targets there. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, Judy, I mean, if, if, if Russ Wilson figures out his crap, then maybe. Uh, Brandon Ayuk just isn't going to get enough targets. So that's where I'm at on those guys. Yeah, Brad, Brandon Cooks, DJ Moore are the guys that have shown you multiple thousand plus seasons. For In my opinion, I like guys who have, have shown it. You know, maybe Mills ain't great out there in Houston, but they got to keep chucking the ball and uh, you hope they, they give them a, you know, New quarterback next season if you're in dynasty, but you're you're hoping the same with DJ Moore, right? So uh, Ayuk with with Jimmy there. I mean, you know, we we've kind of seen what we have there. So that offense looks good. He's a part of it. I don't mind Ayuk, but I think uh, Brandon Cooks or DJ Moore are probably the two guys I want uh, first. Yeah, and give me DJ Moore. Um, you know, we he's I think he's the best pedigree of the guys, and I, I certainly have enough DJ Moore that I needed to turn around. So I'll bet. So let, let me Moore. ask you guys this really quick, just a quick dynasty question. So DJ Moore pops right now and or or gets a bit more momentum going with Darnold. Do you guys move him on that on that uh, value hike, or do you kind of hold on and say, you know what, we're going to see even better next season? Well, I just traded him in a seven fifty um, with Deontay Johnson for Amon Ross St. Brown. So oh, I, like I doubled. I double. I, I basically traded two perpetual. Now, you're just, now you're just bragging. Now you're just bragging, Theo. Come yeah. on. That's rude, man. That's rude. We have guests. Basically, basically, I think that you can package DJ Moore with another player and get something better because I think he's the kind of guy that he's never going to kind of get over the hump. You know, we, we keep having, you know, hopes of him be, becoming this truly elite player. And I think that he's a wide receiver, too, kind of for many, many years. So wide receiver two or wide receiver three, and that's what he is. So... <laughs> Dan, I got to throw, throw this one on. Sorry, Dan. I just had to get this one on. <laughs> no, I, I, I just had to give Jason Jason his props for correctly using overhyped. So anybody who uses overhyped in the uh, chat, they're probably going to get on the, uh, you know. Nice. We're, we're going to nice. feature him. So, yes. Good, good, good use of the word overhyped. Let's keep moving on here just because we hit an hour 15. I don't want to get to the final questions um, before, so we've got a couple to get to before that. This is a general, dra- a general draft st- strategy question. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and to some extent Patrick Mahomes have been just a cheat code. Mahomes brought his stats up a little bit last night. 
but those four guys are a clear tier um, at the, the QB at the top of the QB uh, scoring right now. Do you anticipate seeing quarterbacks drafted earlier in high stakes drafts next year, Billy? Do you think that this is going to be like a market adjustment where we're seeing, like I'm predicting more quarterbacks, like that third round, all of these guys are going to be gone in the third round, just based on what an advantage they were this year. Do you, do you see a general strategy change? I mean, so I played in the NFFC, and I don't even know what year this was. It's probably like 2009, 10, somewhere like that. And I remember the days when Brady, Rogers, and Breeze all went in the first round. And people were, and they were worth it because they just gave you such a huge advantage. But, you know, I, I want to say yes, Theo, that that, that will happen <laughs> like, and it would be justified. You know, I think like, you know, in the, in the, uh, the prime time that we're all in, and I know Bip took Josh Allen in the second, and that should have been my pick. I should have just taken him. Post Thursday, though. Post Thursday. Post Thursday. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. But to answer your question, I don't think so. And I think the reason why is is because we just get so engaged on hearing over and over and over, you can wait on quarterback, you can wait on quarterback, quarterback's deep, quarterback's deep. It really is not. There's there's always a select four or five that are there. And I think I think the lesson I learned this year is that fourth round was a disaster zone right now for receivers. And it was starting with like the Juju Schuster, the Moonies, all those guys were a disaster zone. And just take the quarterback there. Just take it and be done with it and get the get the stud and then move on. So while I think um, I think that's the smart move, I do think they're going to get pushed down. And I think, you know, it turns into a value game. It's like we're like, oh, well, if I know I can get, you know, this guy in the fifth, I'm going to wait till the fifth and that kind of thing. So I, I, I just I don't see them getting pushed up, although I think they should be. You're yep. you're oh, sorry. Bip. Go, go ahead, Betty. No, go ahead. Jenny. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, I think I am, you know, I mean, I play more the FFPC and where, you know, you get four points for a touchdown. But I think I definitely see that a market adjustment will happen, including uh, myself. You know, I'm probably going to grab an elite QB earlier than than I've done because I've learned my lesson, you know, waiting for a Burrow, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. It's, it's not taking me anywhere. And the frustrating part is... I have these very good teams, but the QB is killing me, right? I would throw Deshaun Watson to that list next year, but I think I'm probably going to draft a QB a little earlier than I do and trust my drafting skills to build a roster around that QB. Uh, sorry, guys, I mean, I cut you off, but what I was going to say is, doesn't it change? You know how, like, you, you know, we're doing these hero RBs or, or late RBs. So the RB2 position kind of gets filled in with the depth pieces, right, that you're getting later. So now maybe because, like you said, those wide receiver twos in those three, four rounds are, are, are not as strong. And we're going to, you know, next year be thinking about that. You think that it just makes sense to kind of bring in the quarterback, the tight end position, what's left, right? So you fill it in with, with studs at those positions. You've got your top two studs in a running back and a receiver, and then you can kind of RB2, wide receiver two with your depth now. So I, I do think like, and we've talked about this deal for weeks now, and, and I, you've asked this great question because I see it coming, man. I see these quarterbacks going a lot, you know, not maybe not to the days where Michael Vick was going like 101, yeah. the Matthew Berry was, was you know, promoting uh, uh, Vick as a 101. But I do think these guys move up a bit, especially the studs at the top. Yeah, I think that's the way we're headed. And I think that, uh, Bill, you know, Billy brought up the fourth round. I think it's going to be the third round. I think when we start drafting, you know, in June, you're going to see, especially in NFFC, um, these guys are all going to be gone by the end of the third round. 
and it might artificially push up a couple quarterbacks behind them, which is probably the group that you want to avoid. Yeah. Um, kind of treat it like tight end, where the truly elites will help you, and if you miss on those, don't try to turn you know the okay players into elite players by pushing up the ADP. Um, Amari Cooper is wide receiver 15 right now. He's averaging 15 points per game. To me, he looks like the 2022 version of last year's Brandon Cooks. These are two cases where the market discounted boring older wide receivers with clear pass to volume. Is there any lesson learned here? And do you think Amari Cooper keeps it up and finishes as a wide receiver too? We'll start with Billy. Um, I do think he's going to maintain that because Brissett seems to focus on him. And then when, when they get Deshaun Watson back, um, you know, that just adds to his value, in my opinion. Um, the, the the lesson here is we all want the new shiny toy. and We all want the, 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 the fast guy. We, we just all want that. That's what we all want. So we it's easy to avoid these guys. And sometimes we need to take a step back. You know, put Josh Jacobs into that group too. He's just boring. But but sometimes boring can be very – a nice thing. Tyler Lockett. Tyler right. Lockett. Mm-hmm. Hey, A Rob was supposed to be boring, and he's way too boring. So. Yes, so that's that's true. Um, but yeah, some of these guys, sometimes we look at them and we're like, oh gosh, this is just an ugly piece. There's no way this is going to happen. But you know, when you need a running back or a receiver in a spot, they can fill in nicely for you. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting 15 to 20 points a game from these guys. And so I think the lesson learned is maybe we don't go for the shiny toy all the time all the time and we actually kind of think about the volume because volume is king whether you're running back or receiver so yep yep yeah you know i mean i have an issue with amari cooper it's it's nothing to do with what he does on the field but he just vanishes for me when i need him in championships and past years you know i've i've been a never cooper i still remember you know funny anecdote so few years back he was he sucked at uh, Las Vegas, and I benched him on a Thursday night with Kansas uh, City, and he, yep. he, yep. he goes off with 210 yards, eight catches, two touchdowns, right? So that's been my story with Amari Cooper, but hey, you know, uh, I did get him in the seventh round of, of the main event, which you and Dan were on my uh, table, you know, at Las Vegas. Yep. And he's paying off well, you know, he's, he's an important piece of my team right now as a wide receiver three. So, um, I, I think this thing continues. I still feel he will burn you one of those games in the three-week championship. Uh, that's been my history. But, uh, yeah, that's where I am with Amari Cooper. Uh, Dan, does he finish as a, as a wide receiver too? And is there any le- lessons, anything you want to add to the, the uh, sharp words that Billy and Bip have added, uh, said? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I echo pretty much everything Bip said. I, I was <laughs> off him because he's, he's gives you like a, a 25 point week, a 35 point week, and uh, you know about 10 eight point weeks, and it's just really hard to deal with. But on the other hand, you know, with Deshaun Watson going there, I was interested. But when it came down to the fact that it was going to be Brissett for 12 weeks, I just didn't think Brissett was going to be that functional a quarterback. Yeah. He has proven to be way more functional than I expected. So, you know, my bad on that. I wish I had a little bit more of him. Uh, JD and I do have him in a dynasty league. 
Uh, I, I, was, I, I was hoping I was hoping you wouldn't mention that I that I chose not we, to. Play we we have learned our lesson that we're no longer starting <laughs> Brandon Cooks over Amari Cooper. Uh, uh, I, I I did not push back on that. Uh, you know, so I, I I I cannot blame JD. It was a mutual decision, and yeah, I yeah, Cooper over over uh, Brandon Cooks for sure. I'm going to say he absolutely finishes as a wide receiver too, also mainly because I'm in a league with Billy and Bip, and I have Amari Cooper in a prime time there, so I want to see him smash. <laughs> um, but we've 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 reached the part of the show where this is what we all came for. This is why people paid JD so much money on the Patreon this morning to get access to watch the live view of this. We're going to rank our our top five at each position. No cop outs here, guys. You have to give me five names. You can't make. Wide receiver five be like twelve guys. I'm copping out shit. because I, I spent see. six hours on the road with my trailer and I never had time to look at this. So I, Dan, I will excuse myself from this discussion. Okay, all right, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it four-handed. And that sounds like Dan's going for anything he dis anything he disagrees with. He can just kind of make fun of, I guess. It's, so we'll we go. We'll we'll start at the quarterback spot. Um, we'll start with Billy and we'll go around the horn. Give me your top five quarterbacks in terms of who finishes top five in scoring at the quarterback position. Uh, all right, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar. And I'm going to put Kyler in there at five because I'm going to hope that Hopkins coming back, letting him run a little more, get some of that junkyard at the end of the game. That's going to be my thing. So Kyler's going to be my five. Thank you for giving me hope, Billy. <laughs> Don't, don't Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, my my top five are Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert. I think Herbert will have a good second half. JD, top five. Allen, Jackson, Mahomes, Hurts. One name. Uh, <laughs> give me Herbert, man. I, 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 hopefully he's just affected by injury and you know smashes the, the back end of this uh, season i will go allen jackson hurts mahomes and i'm also going to go kyler murray he's he's up there right now as bad as it seems he's still he's still high up in the in the quarterback scoring and he gets hopkins back uh let's keep it at dan you don't want to do your quarterback so we're going to really skip you on this one yeah we'll really skip me i mean you guys nailed the top four i mean the top four were the same for all four of you guys and it was just whether it was a you know, is it Herbert or is it uh, Murray? So yeah, I, I I'll I'll pick Murray just because I have more Murray than I have Herbert. Talking into existence, Dan. <laughs> okay, right. so we'll 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 go we'll go with a with another difficult position because I think it's easy to get to four at least for me. Let's go wide receivers. Give me your top five wide receivers here, Billy, as we end the season. So I think the first three are pretty obvious it's cup jefferson and Diggs in whatever order you want to have them uh i think the next two are a little dicier i want to say chase so i'm going to put him at four and then i am going to go with arsb at five i think if he comes back after the bye that ankle wow. thing with that offense I, I really believe he could be there yep yep i have cup jefferson Diggs, and then i actually have arsb as my four based on what i've seen and my five would be Adams over Chase, based on what I've seen. JD. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I do anything different. I mean, 
Hill with Tua's injury and, you know, I mean, he's probably in the top six, six. Give me your five, JD. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the top, the top three are going to be the same for all of us. I probably go Adams next and then throw chase in there. Dan, do you want to go wide receivers? Uh, just for the sake of it, yeah, the same top three. Um, I'll go Adams and ARSB. And I'm going to go with the same top three, Cup, Diggs, Jefferson. I'm going to say Tyreek Hill, um, and I'm assuming that he gets back from the foot injury. And then I will say Devontae Adams stays in there. Chase does not finish in the top five, and ARSB does not either. Let's go with the tight end position. Start with Billy. Obviously, Andrews, Kelsey, you can kind of flip-flop those guys every you want, 1A, 1B, so it's 1-2. So, I, right, Andrews, Kelsey. Um, Goddard, based on his volume right now, I'm going to go with Higby at four. And I <laughs> I really want to put Pitts in there, but I, I just can't. I can't do it right now. So, I'm going to go with uh, – this is going to be a surprise probably, but I am going to go with David Njoku. I think he's getting enough targets in that offense. And if Cooper's is Cooper struggling and with Watson back, I think he could be there. The tight end position is a complete mess right now. When you, I never thought I would ever say that top five, but uh, I really think he's got a shot. It's definitely awful right now. Uh, Bip. Yep. I, I have the same top four, Kelsey, Andrews, Goddard, and Higby. And I will actually throw in uh, Kyle Pitts as five. I, I just can't give up on his talent and with, you know, Drake London a bit hurt, I expect them to figure out how to get him the ball in the second half of the season. JD, your top five. I'm trying to see if I could fit Kittle in here somehow, man. It's so ugly for Kittle. You don't wow. want to do that. You don't no, want to do it's that. ugly. Like, does he have, does he have any chance? Does he have any chance? No, is it just that, that ship is that ship is sailed. Uh, you I'd can't like catch the ball that... when you're blocking every play. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Kelsey for sure. Andrews, Goddard, uh, and then yeah, Pitts. I'll, I'll throw TJ Hawk in there. He, he's. I mean, for him to. I know. I know. There's guys that weren't there, but we're gonna see injuries and and just the fact that he. Anytime I see that game uh, week winning game. Uh, from a young player like that in, in an offense is, that's ascending, I, I like uh, what I, you know, what you can uh, play with the rest of the season. I will go with Kelsey, Andrews, Goddard, Higby, and then I'll go a little further down the list. I'll go Pat Fryermuth having a good end of the season. Uh, and <laughs> the shocker of the season. No, no, in all seriousness, no. I, am... I, will, I will say Kyle Pitts. I will say Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I think Kyle Pitts comes back and does enough to get it to tight end five. Tight end five is going to be a, a, a significant tier break, too. Yes. Um, right I, now I, I'm going to throw in my top five here, Theo. Yeah, go for it. All right, Kelsey, Andrews, Higby. I'll, I'll, I'll put in Ertz, barely over Godert, and just because I want to see the world burn, I'm throwing in Taysom Hill. And if I didn't, if I, that's just so awful. Where's that's Cole Komet? Where's Cole Komet at? Come on. Taysom Hill is. Uh, Taysom Hill is. Fantasy takes exposed. Right uh, yeah, they're coming after me. And I will say, you were not alone with, with Cole Komet this, no. this summer. There was a lot of very sharp money on, on Mr. On Komet. Yep. Yep. So it's a very disappointing. And, uh, and uh, nothing good in Chicago. I'm glad we didn't have to talk about them tonight. Um, and then right now we've got to do the running back position. We'll start with Billy on this. You know what? Billy's had to go first every single time. Yeah, yeah We'll start yes. with Bip on this one. 
All right. Uh, running backs, I have Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Eckler. I will throw in Chubb at four, uh, and then Jonathan Taylor at five. No Derek Henry in my top five. I'll, I'll go next because JD looks like he's trying to think about who his RB five is going to be. <laughs> I, I will. I will take. I will take Saquon Barkley finishing as RB one overall. Eckler, Chubb. I'll go Christian McCaffrey, and my RB five will be Brees Hall. Oh, I think Brees Hall ah, is going to grow. Ah, I mean, he's. He's close right now. He's, he's RB9. And I think that, like, last game, Michael Carter poached two goal line uh, touchdowns from him. Like, those are going to be his going forward. He's he's the offense. He's legit. And he's catching the ball. He's he's a top five running back for me this year. Uh, go ahead, JD. Yeah, Barkley, CMC, Chubb, Henry, Eckler. Mr. Billy Wazowski. Who you got? <laughs> Pretty much the same. Saquon, uh, McCaffrey. Uh, I'm going to go Chubb. I would never have said that earlier in the season, but I can't believe right? yeah. Eckler, and then I also have Brees Hall. That was, he was my five. I, yeah, I, that I, is a good one. That playoff Brees schedule Hall. is fantastic. So he's a guy who could really pay dividends in the playoffs. Want to get talking about league winners here. Which players do you think fan, will lead fantasy managers to – over that three-week playoff run and, and cash big prizes? This is a very difficult question, but is there any – who are the players that you see as the true, you know, league winners, guys who are going to run the gauntlet towards the end of the season? Billy, start with this one. Um, so, so I think they got to be some, like, obscure guys. We're not going to just name the obvious. I mean, right now, every stack I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing the Burrow Chase thing from last year, and all I can see is Josh Allen and Diggs. And Kelsey and Mahomes. Like, that's what I see when I see that. Um, a couple guys I think that could go under the radar. I mean, I think Brees Hall is definitely one of them. Is he, he could definitely be one. But uh, I would not be shocked to see Eno Benjamin put a little dent in things at the, the last three Ooh. weeks of the season. Because uh, James Conner, you know, I just think he'll be nicked up by then. And Eno will get his chance and catch his balls. You know, gets a couple end zone touches, that kind of thing. And whoever is running the ball in San Francisco. Whoever that is, because we know that's just a decent play as well. Those of you that are two running backs, um, receivers a little tougher, and I'm just going to tie myself to two good offenses. You know, we've talked about Sky Moore; he's one of them. And then uh, whether it's Isaiah McKenzie or Khalil Shakir, I think those could be some guys that could really pop. Um, other, I'm just again, I'm going off the page here. I'm not staying with the standard, you know, first and second round guys. No, I, I like you going deep on that one, and it kind of ties ties everything together. Um, Bip, who, who are some guys that you could see just being absolutely saviors for, for fantasy football teams down the stretch here? Yeah, I mean, there's some nice, I mean, I would say uh, definitely any of the top fives we have ranked across, you know, just, just now, I think we'll see many of those names this year in, 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 in the fantasy uh, championship uh, uh, rosters. Uh, some players I would throw out, I think high variance players, we cannot forget AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown or Devante Smith, one of those could light it up during the playoffs. So something to look out for. Uh, the other deep player, there are two other deep players that we have not talked about that I think could be differentiators is Donovan Peoples-Jones with Deshaun Watson coming back. You know, I mean, catching some of those Will Fuller type deep balls could be a difference maker for a championship team 
um, and then I would also throw out you know another player I like. I know Giants don't look good, but Wandale Robinson, you know, they drafted him this year. They like his talent. I think he gets healthy and probably lights it up. And and we've also talked about the potential of Jamison Williams. So those are some additional names I'll throw out there, you know, other than. Uh, love, love the Wandale. My portfolio loves that. One of my most on. Theo, I'm going ahead of Dan because I know he's going to steal my guy. I don't know if you guys all got the memo, but it's Ramondre season this weekend with Harris injured. Uh, this let me let me throw some numbers here. Number one in juke rate, number two in evaded tackles, number ten in true yards per carry, number seven in yards created. This guy has big play breakaway runs. Number eight, he's got big play written all over him. He's going to be manning the offense. He's already given us uh, close to twenty points in three weeks uh, this season. I think that he could, you know, just come in there and and establish himself as 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 you know a nice fantasy piece to win you your leagues uh, moving forward. So I'll stick with a couple of the high pedigree guys. I think it's Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. The, they, I think that this is their year. The playoff schedule, they play Cincinnati, I believe, in, in week 18, where this past week was a lower-scoring game. But we did see last year Cincinnati have a, a high-scoring line against Baltimore. I think as we get towards the end of the season, that, that Cincinnati-Baltimore game uh, could be a little higher scoring. I think that game could push people over the top. I will say Brees Hall, I could see him being just unstoppable during the playoff weeks. Um, and then I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson as well. I think that we're seeing we're seeing just true greatness out there. And I think he solidifies himself as the number one pick in every single fantasy football draft uh, as we go down the stretch here. Um, in terms of like deep, deep, deep guys, I'm interested to see what happens with Romeo Dubs because I think his role could grow as the season moves along. And I think he could be uh, an impactful guy uh, down the stretch as well. Dan, is there anybody who you're looking uh, at as a potential league winner? I mean, I'm still the same place I was at the beginning of the season, which is Saquon all the way. Uh, you know, imagine if that guy actually gets some help on offense. Uh, you know, where it, every defender is not keying on Saquon Barkley. I mean, you know, you look at some of his runs, and it, it's just like everybody knows the run is coming. And Saquon still gets six, seven yards, uh, you know, or sometimes 20 yards. I, I, I think he's by far the most likely of the running backs to be, you know, the number one. Um, I'll, I'll take Tyler Lockett at wide receiver. Um, you know, it, I, I think it's just going to keep going. Uh, Geno Smith is dropping dimes and Tyler Lockett is catching them. And, uh, you know, and the rest of us are just watching. Love it. That 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 just about does it. We're at we're at a, an hour thirty eight here, JD. Yeah, guys. I don't know about you. This was a, a loaded show. Before we uh, say goodbye to the guests, real quick, we uh, did not give enough love to our partners, uh, the FFPC, a big part of why we're here. They've got a weekly challenge going on right now: thirty five dollars, two hundred dollars, two different entries. Uh, win some money weekly, guys. If your teams are down and out, don't give up. First of all, because it's not deep enough to give up, but add add a little spice to your week. Uh, go to myffpc.com. Even better, there's a link below in the comments, and you can get a direct link as well as an exclusive bonus to the FFPC. Underdog, use the code DISTRICT. If you're not signed up, you got prop bets on the weekly over-unders. you got drafts for uh, DFS styles. Go check it out. Use the code DISTRICT. Get up to $100. And I want to say, guys in the chat, you guys have been awesome 
tonight. And we appreciate and love all of you guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Guys, smash the like, smash the subscribe, leave some comments below. That definitely helps us, helps the show, uh, you know, in that whole equation or whatever they call that thing, the algorithm, algorithm uh, out there in fantasy land. Theo, why don't you tell the peeps what we have coming up and then walk our guests out proper before we close this thing out. Um, so Thursday, I will be doing a, a daytime show uh, with Mike Leone of Establish the Run, a press coverage one that should be fun. And then we have one of our uh, a, a recurring guests at this point, Jared Smola of Draft Sharks, will be joining us for our, our tailgate on Thursday evening. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, we're loaded next week as well. I think we're, we're, we're bringing on the best guests and we're putting out some tremendous content. And I'm really glad that Bip and, and uh, Billy could, could really add to that. I thought this was awesome tonight. Um, Bip and Billy, best of luck um, in, in your waiver wire this week and also how your teams finish this season. Um, we'll love to have you guys back on sometime soon. Appreciate it. Great appreciate time. it. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. guys. Good night. Yeah, Thanks. Billy and Bep are two of the best. I mean, you know, just absolutely. Anytime you're looking at any sort of league anywhere, you're 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 seeing Billy and Bep at the top. I mean, it's it's just disgusting. It's 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 hard to deal with. So uh, appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, you know. What you share with us is, is just fantastic. So thank you very much. Thank you. Good night. Appreciate Tune in on Thursday, guys, uh, for Thursday Night Tailgate. We'll check you all. We do have one, right, Theo, this week? We have two on Thursday. We, we have, have two on Thursday. Even yeah, better. Mike, Le Mike Leone and then Jared Smola. We are double double tapping Thursday. Double double, double dipping. When, hey, listen. When the Chicago Bears play the Washington Commanders, the Goat District brings you two podcasts. Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> that will oh, be more. There, there's the something good coming on Thursday. You know that much. Yes. The, the number of podcasts might exceed the number of touchdowns in that game. Oh yes. wow! Skip, skip, skip the game. Skip the game. You can watch the condensed version the next day and just just join the Goat District pods. We we should just pod during the game. I just I feel like that might no no thank you. We'll fall asleep when we look up and see you know Fields and Wentz going at it. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy This my advice, from me to you Open up your cute little podcast queue Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude Pop it in your ear, man, y'all know what to do It's a... And I always be traded And I always be traded And I always be traded Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them Fish Quick question for the brains. I have Kittle and Waller. Taysom Hill is on waivers. How much am I spending? All of it. All of it? Five, 565? Gone? Just shove it all in? I mean... 
It's Dynasty. Dynasty, want... Dynasty FFPC. Let him, let let somebody else pay for it. Let someone then. else, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't know. Dynasty is different. Yeah. Yeah, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say goodnight too. I got to do 45 minutes of waivers here before I'm, I go to I'm sleep. I'm right with the. I got to make a phone call to my daughter, and I'm I'm 